Topic of our Dhamma talk the Sunday evening is one wishing to attain that state of peace should act thus. And Satna, this Satna Dhamma talk nicely connects to what Satna Jim had in mind this morning when he asked about, well, whether one should on occasion also be mindful of the mental attitude with which one observes an object. So we will look at various ways of or various qualities that we should certainly cherish in our meditation practice when observing predominant objects. Those certain fourteen qualities are given in the English language as certain follows one skilled in good wishing to attain that state of peace should act thus he or she should be able should be straight should be upright obedient gentle and humble one should be content, easy to support, with few duties, living lightly, controlled in senses, discreet, not impudent, unattached to families. Now, what we shall do is explain the certain 14 qualities one by one. One should be able, the Pali adjective that corresponds to this is Sakra, and it might also mean possible. Now, able to do what? Able to practice virtue. Now, it seems that certainly the commentary it has certainly further clarified certainly this by saying ability here with regard to the practice in virtue or sila means that one must have some faith that certainly such certain practice is certainly beneficial. One must have certainly faith in you know, the fact you know, that certainly you know, a careful observance of you know, the precepts you know, will lead you know, to a state of non-remorse. Otherwise, if that understanding is not there, then one wouldn't want to you know, practice sila. Secondly, one needs to be healthy, and uh, if certainly we are um, seriously sick, we can barely move, then it will be much more difficult to practice certain sila. Now, one discourse has certainly specified further what it means to be healthy. Now, if one can still digest, eat food and certain digest the food, then one is considered certainly to be healthy. Also, as a requirement to practice sila, one needs to well have some courage, or one should not be lazy. If there is some amount of laziness, then one may not 
be willing to make that extra uh, effort to observe the precepts. So let's say um, you are um, it's certain of five o'clock p.m. six seven o'clock p.m. You feel somewhat certain hungry because you're used you know, to that third meal uh, in uh, the day, and certain because you've taken the precepts, you're not supposed to take that last meal. Now. If uh, you were to have no energy, then probably you would easily give in and suddenly go and grab something to eat. Now, the fourth prerequisite that Satna, the commentary mentions is that Satna one needs to possess Satna some intelligence. So observing you know, the precepts meticulously is not always Satna easy. When it comes to you know, observing right certain speech, sometimes certain we find ourselves, we might find ourselves in a, a situation where you know, we would be tempted you know, to maybe uh, speak a white lie, just uh, you know, to um, uh, or just uh, to please certain the other you know, person. And Satna, that is not what Satna the Buddha had in mind. And Satna, so in a situation like this, where one does not Satna want to say a lie, then one might consider to remain silent. The Buddha on several occasions responded in this certain way. Now, if one possesses these four qualities, then one is certainly considered to be able to practice sila. The second certain quality that our discourse certainly recommends is that of uju. And uju is an adjective in the Pani scriptural language meaning straight, honest, upright or straightforward. So what this satna then means is that one needs honesty you know, to practice satna sila. Now, there is a mental you know, factor, namely a wholesome mental factor you know, that satna corresponds to this, that uh, um, uh, reflects satna, this, and satna, this is known as ujukata in the Pali scriptural language. Rectitude is satna, its English satna term. Now, rectitude corresponds to straightness, and this twofold rectitude, namely of consciousness and the body of mental factors, has the characteristic of uprightness. And its function is certainly to crush the trickiness of the mind and of the mental body and certain consciousness. And its manifestation is as non-crookedness. Its proximate cause is the mental body and consciousness and it should be regarded as opposed to hypocrisy and fraudulence which create crookedness in the mental body and consciousness. 
So this Ujjukata is certain, a mental you know, factor that is certain, associated with all you know, pure uh, consciousness. So when we you know, practice certain sila, then we need certain uh, a maximum of certain, this honesty. Now, one uh, does not, for the most part, have perfect certain sila right away. You know, this is a matter of development. And as one's mindfulness grows, uh, gradually uh, one uh, then uh, becomes more and more, or, or one learns to more and more refine one's virtue. Now, closely related to this certain second quality is certain the third one, which in Pani is given as Suju. And certain Suju you know, is a combination of Su and Uju in Pani. And this too means upright, or you know, one could say it means perfectly upright, very upright. So when one practices Satna the Dhamma, one needs lots of Satna honesty. Now, why is this? Because you know, there are you know, those who do not reveal the truth to their teachers. There are people who are uh, not always upright. And so... Um, they then are not ready for the practice of the wise. If a meditator does not report the truth you know, to a meditation teacher, then you know, it will be difficult for you know, the teacher to assess the meditator's certain practice and to give proper advice. Such a meditator may easily slip off the correct path. Therefore, the Buddha stressed these two qualities of Uju and Suju. Now, to give you a very practical example for this, now, during the interview, a meditation teacher might ask a uh, retreat, and well, um, was it easy for you, you know, to observe the rising and falling movement of you know, the abdomen in a continuous manner without Satna thinking? And Satna then, without Satna but Satna thought, you know, the you know, retreat and you know, then replied, Yes, no problem whatsoever. I could stay with the rise and fall for five, ten minutes uh, in a row. Not the single, not the slightest of thought arose in the stream of consciousness. Now, this is rather unlikely to happen. So to be, to observe the rising and falling open of the abdomen you know, for a total of 10 minutes without a single thought uh, arising is close to impossible. And Satna, there is Satna, Dhammapada, verse number 35, which starts at Dunigahasa And Satna then goes on and said it means it is difficult to control the mind. For an uncontrolled mind easily or swiftly goes wherever, goes and lands wherever it pleases. 
So reality is certainly such that uh, even within just one minute or sometimes even within less than this, the mind goes off it, goes into wondering or thinking. So if uh, we are uh, experiencing quite some uh, substantial uh, wandering uh, mind, uh, then we simply have to uh, stick uh, to uh, the truth and certainly uh, acknowledge uh, this. No. In this certain context, the venerable Saido Sasana, a Burmese meditation teacher and certain disciple of the venerable Saido Pandita Bhimsa, has given the following illustration or simile, namely that of an outstanding artist. If an outstanding artist using excellent certain paints happens not to do a painting on a dirty canvas, it goes without certain saying that the outcome of his artistic work will be mediocre. The same thing goes for meditators. If a retreatant is not honest, then the outcome of his or her meditation practice is likely to be also mediocre. Now, when our outstanding artist using first-class or first-class paints does a painting on a clean canvas, then the painting will most likely be very clear and impressive. The same thing then goes for our meditator's mind, which is pure and practicing with such a pure mind, the result of the practice then will also be very clear. Now, to elaborate on this just a little bit more. See, the realization of the path and fruition of Fatna stream entry requires a substantial degree of purity, of mental purity. And if we, in the course of our meditation practice, don't manage to bring about more and more purity, then it will not certainly be possible to gain that sudden supramundane state. And so hence, it is uh, worth to pay close attention to establishing more and more purity from the very start of our practice. Now, one might uh, uh, want to argue, well, what if, uh, owing to certain circumstances, I didn't have the good fortune of uh, growing up uh, with uh, much purity? Does this then uh, exclude a person from meditation practice? What do you think? Hmm? No? And uh, Jim? It, it doesn't exclude him, it makes it more difficult. <laughs> ah. So, indeed, it does not necessarily exclude certain, a person. The main 
And point is uh, that uh, we are willing to work on uh, this, on gaining more and more uh, purity. If uh, there is this certain uh, volition, this intention, uh, then uh, gradually the purity uh, will uh, happen. Now, our sutta that speaks of those certain 14 qualities that are necessary to attain that state of peace, then mentions a quality that is given in the Pani scriptural language as suwaja. And this means what? Suwacha is an adjective, and this means? Well, it means obedient. And the noun in the Pani scripture language for this is sowajasa, obedience. And so in our meditation practice, obedience is certainly said to be necessary. Now, obedience, especially in the Western or in the world of highly industrialized countries, and in particular in Western countries, is a quality that we might not be too familiar with, or a quality that we might not appreciate. We might even revolt against it. So if our parents tell us to do something, then we might do just the opposite. Or if our teachers at school tell us to perform, let's say, do certain type of homework, then we might not comply with it. Now. Obedience, certainly in the context of the meditation practice, has its place. And the reason is certainly simply that the Buddha's understanding of the nature of the mind and his understanding of training the mind, developing the mind, was extremely profound and therefore his teachings were useful and or therefore his teachings are worth to be followed. Now, obedience is certainly in the sense of accepting the teachings, in the sense of easily taking instructions, complying with those instructions. Now, if one faces some difficulty and in the meantime wants to have certain benefits, then one will approach a teacher. When the teacher gives certain instructions, then one will take the instructions easily. It is necessary to reveal one's own difficulties and certainly then one will receive instructions from a teacher. Now, such a person should be as happy as if one were to hold a golden pot. Such a person is, according to the Buddha, very close to Nibbana. When a teacher wants the yogis to have benefits, and so the teacher then instructs a yogi, then one should have the desire to follow, to implement such instructions. Now, in this certain context, we have the story of the elder Nasariputta and a seven-year-old Samanera. 
at one point the elder Sariputta was wearing his robes in a somewhat sloppy manner and they were not quite even all around. The young summoner noticed this and suddenly then went up to Elder Sariputta and pointed this out to him. And the elder could have responded with anger, being upset, of being admonished by a young summoner. However, the elder did not respond in this manner at all, but rather he thanked the novice and told him, if again you see a fault in me, then please instruct me. So this is a good attitude to be followed by one who desires to attain that state of peace. Now, Gentleness of the mind, malleability of the mind, pliability of the mind are a further or are a further quality of or that is needed for our meditation practice. This is certainly known in the Pali scriptural language as muddu. And the corresponding mental state is muduta in the Pali language. Its characteristic is that of the subsiding of rigidity in the mental body and consciousness, respectively. Its function is to crush rigidity. It is manifested as non-resistance and its proximate cause is the mental body and consciousness. It should be regarded as opposed to such defilements as wrong views and conceit which create rigidity. Now, the mind, or the, uh, the Dhamma itself, is certainly rather refined. And if a person's mind is certainly tense or rigid or rough, then it will be difficult for the Dhamma to arise and for a person to understand the Dhamma. So this rigidity or tension of the mind then is opposite to the Dhamma. If we want to understand the Dhamma, find access to it, then the mind needs to be malleable, soft and pliable. One needs for this faith and a wholesome intention. The mind furthermore needs to be sharp. And there needs to be a desire to practice. One needs to cherish the Dhamma. So these qualities will ensure that the mind becomes soft and malleable and certainly gentle. Now, if we keep up our meditation practice, then gradually the mind will become softer and certainly softer.
a footnote one can turn a chunk of iron ore into a thin blade of footnote steel, then it must also be possible to transform the mind and to make it malleable and gentle so that one can then perceive the Dhamma. Anatimani is certainly yet another quality that the Buddha has recommended for the meditation practice. This certainly means one should be humble. Mana is certainly your pride or conceit. Ati mana is your superiority conceit. Ati mani means one who is proud. Anati mani is certainly then the opposite of this one who does not have this superiority conceit. Those who are very proud usually do not approach a wise certain person, especially if one is proud because of one's material wealth or social status or intelligence or whatever else it might be. Such people, because of their pride, then do not approach the wise and certainly will not be too interested in meditation practice. At the time of Fatna the Buddha, there were some Brahmins who had the fortune of meeting with the Buddha, and yet they were not able to gain the Dhamma. And this happened because of their pride. The word, however, some who managed to lower their pride and satna thus satna then were able to gain the Dhamma. Contentment is yet another quality that is very helpful in our meditation practice. Santusako is certainly the Pali term for this. One should be content and satisfied. Santuti is certainly your Pali known for contentment. Now, as a meditator, you know, during an intensive Fatna retreat, we want to be contented with what Satna we receive in terms of food, accommodation, in terms of Fatna general facilities. And we don't want to be like ordinary people who follow fashions and certain trains. Sometimes what suddenly happens, there may be a certain fussiness. Let's say when um, one likes certain sweet certain food, however, the sour food gets mostly sour food gets certain offered, then one will ask for the sweet certain food. Now, especially in the Asian countries, 
where the laity offers the food to the monasteries, to the meditators. One cannot ask for special types of food. And there it's important that one is easy to support, one is satisfied with whatever is being offered. And the type of attitude that works the best is, um, it is quite enough if I achieve the Dhamma and certainly it doesn't really matter what kind of food uh, I get to eat. As long as I have enough to maintain this body, that's enough. Meditators who uh, think along this subtle line will easily perceive the Dhamma. So this certain quality of being easy to support or easily supported in the Pali language is known as Subaru. Now, many years back at Satna, the Mahasiddha Center in Burma, uh, in Yangon, uh, the Venerable Mahasiddha Center was Satna approached and asked whether meditators should be sweeping the grounds or not because certainly some meditators were actually doing this. And the Venerable Mahasaya then instructed or recommended that meditators keep their um, work or their duties to an absolute minimum, just focusing on being mindful all day long, except certainly for well, ensuring that their quarters are kept certainly clean, as certainly well as certainly the bathrooms. Now, here we have not certainly that many volunteers who will keep the place certainly clean and certainly thus it is necessary that meditators also help performing certain chores during a limited period of the day. And certainly this is fine, but we try to perform these chores with some amount of mindfulness. Now, this Satna the Buddha expressed as having few duties appakicca in the Pali scriptural language. Appa means small or little or insignificant and kicca is certainly your duty or work or chore. Now if we were to busy ourselves unnecessarily uh, again and again, then this sudden will uh, easily uh, interrupt our concentration samadhi. When we come on a retreat, we bring just a minimum of things along in terms of clothing and in terms of essential medicine and toiletry articles and that's it. We try to keep our material things to a 
absolute, so the minimum. The reason you know, being is if we were you know, to bring many you know, things along, you know, then we have to you know, spend a lot of time housekeeping, repairing our you know, belongings. And this certainly then too will take us away you know, from the practice. Now, these certain days, mm, on occasion, meditators you know, bring you know, their computers uh, along and certainly then maybe you know, thinking um, on occasion I might certainly make use of you know, this certain computer. And uh, this is not to be you know, recommended at certain all. So when you hear anything kindly, you know, be totally focused on uh, your meditation practice and uh, uh, don't spend time on your computer, since this is likely you know, to distract you. Now, restraint of the senses is certain a quality that certain the Buddha has certain spoken about, known in the Pali scriptural language as indriya samvara sila. Now, in the context of our sutta, here it is referred to as nasant indriyo which is a Pani term that consists of two parts, namely Santa and Indriya. Santa meaning calmed, tranquil, peaceful, pure, and Indriya are your senses. So, uh, what we have here is a person whose senses are tranquil, one who is controlled in the senses or with senses calmed. Now, when we meditate intensively, then we want to do so. We want to perform all activities in a calm and restrained manner. So, when we go, when we walk to a certain place, we want to do so calmly in a restrained manner. When we eat, we want to do so in a calm and restrained manner. And satna then also the same goes for other activities. The next quality that the Buddha mentioned for one who wishes to attain that certain state of peace is given as nipako, which means that one should be discreet or wise or prudent. And when we perform activities, then we want to act with circumspection. We want to make sure that wisdom is included. The Visuddhimagga explains this as protective understanding or as the wisdom that guides all affairs. In other words, it's a pragmatic type of wisdom that takes the lead in all uh, tasks. 
So in our our on retreat during our meditation practice, if we are to do something unusual, we're just about to do something unusual, then we might first check with. Prudence whether this uh, would be uh, proper or not. Also, when uh, we uh, see or hear or smell or come across various formations, then we want to. be mindful of these uh, phenomena with or we want to deal with these certain phenomena in a profound manner, uh, not in a shallow manner. And doing this satna then will help uh, to develop uh, our insight satna knowledge. So, when we observe Fatna a predominant object, carefully, then gradually, we might come to see its different qualities, and Fatna then we might understand that or its impermanent nature and also its unsatisfactory quality or its lack of uh, of a self. Now, in the world it is certainly good to have some self-assurance, but if there's too much of it, then this might not necessarily be so useful. The Buddha has spoken of apagabo, which means one should not be presumptuously confident and self-assured. So, if one were to exhibit much boldness and a lack of shame, being brazen, audacious, rough in speech and certain behavior, then it would be difficult to gain the Dhamma. The Dhamma is rather gained by those who possess a mentality that is soft and certainly clean. Hence, one needs to cultivate one's physical and certain verbal and mental behavior. The last quality that Satna the Buddha mentioned is certainly given as kulesu ananugito, meaning one should not be greedily attached to families. Now, when going on a retreat or on a retreat, we might need certain things and we might then want to get these certain things through the help of others and then we might intentionally try to get very close to another person, even attached to another person. So this then is done not with a pure intention, but rather with selfish interest. And this the Buddha did not recommend whatsoever. Now, when we practice, we don't want to get too close to others. We just want to do our own meditation practice. Though 
though um, we practice in a group, yet each and every one of us will do so by uh, ourselves. Now, instead of getting very much attached to others, the Buddha recommended Gaya Viveka, which is the seclusion of the body, namely meaning bodily detachment, being being separate from others, living in solitude, staying alone. The second form of seclusion is that of citta viveka, which is seclusion of the mind. And here this certainly means the mind is detached from the five hindrances. Now, the third kind of seclusion that certainly the Buddha spoke of is known as upadi viveka, and certainly this certainly then refers to nibbana. Now, if really we need to, if really we need a companion, then we should make the dhamma to be our best companion. And certainly if we take the Dhamma as our best companion, then we will surely um, not certain, or we will surely always have some very good certain support. Now, a person who possesses these 14 qualities is said to attain that state of peace. The state of peace is the state of Nibbana. These 14 qualities are taken from a discourse that is well known, namely the Metta Karaniya Metta Sutta, so the discourse on loving kindness. The relevant two paragraphs in the Pali scriptural language are as Satna follows Karaniam Atakusalena Yamtam Santam Padam Abhisamecha Sakko Ujucha Suhujucha Suachocha Samudunati Mani Santusakocha Subarocha Apakichocha Saloka Wuti Santinderiocha Nipakocha Apakabokuliswa Nanukido with these certain words in Pali, allow me to conclude certainly this talk, wishing that may you well embrace these certain fourteen qualities, and certainly then may they become part of your practice, and certainly may they greatly contribute to an attaining of that state of peace, hopefully within this very retreat here in Taos, New Mexico. And this is it. Any questions? Okay, if not, then 
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.